You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so Be'ezrus Hashem, tonight we're going to be continuing with our series of Shirim on the laughter of Yitzchak. And we've spoken about the rooting of redemption in the transformation that emerges with Yitzchak. Yitzchak represents the laughter that emerges when there is a sudden departure from that which was expected and a topsy-turvy expression of what was completely unexpected, which is the redemptive capacity to reveal goodness at the heart of all things. We spoke about finding life in the heart of death, finding Chaim in the heart of what appears to be Misa. Again, the Sugyo Sakashot that Yitzhak Avinu forces us to encounter. When we're learning about Avram Avinu, a person need not necessarily encounter the difficult terrain of what it means to be a human being. But it's specifically with the revelation of Yitzhak that things begin to emerge. Yitzhak was Mahadishi Surin. Yitzchak was the one who came to the world to teach is din is dayan. A person living in this world is a person who's subject to difficulty. But on the other hand, we also know from every shir that we're discussing that all of the difficulty and the gvura and the severity and the concealment and the withdrawal associated with Yitzchak is also the very birthplace of that laughter that emerges in the future. And we said that the sugi of Yitzchak is mamish the sugi of tzimtzum as we're learning in the Shiram on Rav Yitzhak Maya Morgenstern Shlita's parish on the Mice of Melech Anav, from Parshas Vayitzay, Tavshinayin Gimel. That Yitzhak as the Tzimtzum, Yitzhak as the emergence of concealment, is the impossible paradox at the heart of all things, which is both presence and absence at once, as Rabbi Nachman describes, as other tzaddikim describe as well. But Rabbi Nachman makes this explicitly clear in the 64th teaching, where he discusses the impossibility of the tzimtzum. And ultimately, the tzimtzum is both a removal and a presence. It's like the locust whose exoskeleton emerges from within itself, which is the joke, which is why Arbe, the secret of tzimtzum, which is that the concealment itself is part and parcel of the revelation, and that the casing of the locust, which seeks to protect it, is in truth emerging out of the very thing that it's coming to protect, and the secret of Neyube in and of itself, so too is the secret of Yitzchak, who contains the paradox within himself, the paradox of concealment and, abs- and presence, the paradox of, of being up and down at once, of being dead and alive at once. And... As we continue in the shir, and we're going to encounter novelty, we're going to encounter the possibility of renewal and hischadshus, which comes from the Yitzchak Avinu, we're going to talk about Torah, which is rooted in Mipi HaGvura, and Yitzchak Avinu, we're going to talk about the redemption, the transformation, Purim, all of the different sugyos, Lagba Omer, everything that comes along with an attachment to, to Yitzchak Avinu. 
But tonight, what I want to discuss is, is not the deviation away from what we've been discussing, but rather more of like an edifying divestment. It's a, a slight shift away from the natural subject matter that we focus on for the sake of kind of rebuilding the foundations upon which the sugi is built on. Because on a certain level, it can be argued that the sugi of Yitzchak Avinu, the sugi of Yitzchak and the gevuros and the sweetening of those gevuros and the deep secret within Pnimi Satora, which is that we don't erase severity, we transform it, elevate it, and sweeten it in its root. It's not enough to get rid of the negative. It, it must be transformed to become a seed of good. The entire sugya of Hamtakas is the sugya of Yitzchak Avinu. But there's a way of looking where Yitzchak Avinu and that sugya is just one sugya amongst others in Pnimi Satora. But there's the Avram Sugya, there's the Yaakov Sugya, there's the Moshe Aaron David Yosef Sugya. But there's another way of looking where we realize that in truth, all there is is the Yitzchak Sugya. That all that exists in Panimia Satora is the Sugya of Yitzchak, is the secret of what Rav Menachem Mendel of Shklov, the Talmud Mufak of the Gra, points out in his parish on the Idrizuta, where he says explicitly that the entire Tachlis of Panimia Satora, the entire Tachlis of Kabbalah, as it's referred, is really to be Megala, the secret of Mi Yimalel Gevuras Hashem. Who can come and understand the secret of Gevuras Hashem? Who can come and understand the secret of that which appears to be severe, that which appears to be a containing vessel, that which appears to be constrictive and limiting and concealing and dark, is in truth the very opposite of what one has imagined. That in truth, all of those acts of privation and removal and distance, and each person understands those synonyms on their own level, not only are they not as bad as we thought they were, but but they are the very source of the chedva and the tainug and the schoik of l'asad lavo. The Leshem Shavah Chalayma has hundreds of places where he expresses this explicitly, how the Gevuros are the driving force behind, behind Simcha, behind Schoik, behind Chedva, behind Oineg, behind any possible expression of goodness. And so it's not just that Yitzchak is a sugya within Pnimi Satora. Yitzchak is the sugya of Pnimi Satora. And it's not very difficult to see this explicitly. One particular place that we're going to focus on is the Kabbalah of the Arizal. Of Yitzchak Luria. Now we said in the beginning of Shirim that Rabbi Nachman is associated with the name of Yitzchak. Rashbi dies with Rav Yitzchak. The Arizal, the last comments that he has with his Talmud Rav Yitzchak is also Yitzchak. The Arizal is Yitzchak. The Baal Shem Tov is Mekusher to the secrets of Yitzchak. Rabbi Nachman, all of the tzaddikim are connected to the secrets of Yitzchak. Mashiach is connected to Yitzchak. Mashiach is the revelation of Kiata Avinu because it's only through Yitzchak that we're going to be Zoha. But by the Ariza, we find the expression of Yitzchak even more intensely. And I believe that what we're trying to say and what we're trying to show in the Shirim is that Yitzchak is not just a sugya bifnei atzmo separate from all other sugyos, but rather Yitzchak is the is the central point of the entire system to be Megala the Schoik Lo and therefore, if Yitzchak and his secrets are at the core of what we're trying to understand in terms of redemption, in terms of undoing tzimtzum, v'chulei v'chulei, then we can use the Kabbalah of the Arizal as a raya, as a starting point to see how not only is the content based on Yitzchak, but the historical expression of Pnimiya Satora in general. And the reality of a concept of Pnimiya Satora is dependent upon the sugyos of Yitzchak. Now, what we'll start with is a cloud that we've spoken about in the past from 
Rabbi Nachman brought down in Rav Avram ben Rav Nachman, which Rav Yitzhak Meyer Morgenstern Shlita makes a very big asik out of. And each zerim of Hasidus and each zerim of Torah will understand that final expression of the Torah in their own way. But in the line of the teachings of Rabbi Nachman and the Rebbe, we're going to focus on their mahalach which is that there are five historical tzaddikim through whom the Torah is revealed throughout history. The Chamisha Yechideh Hadaros, the five singular ones, who represent not some better quality over other tzaddikim or some better behavior that allows them to be worthy of such a, a status, but rather they are ontological expressions of new layers of revelation within the unfolding of the Torah, which prior to them it was impossible to access, and after them it's fundamentally necessary for the movement towards the next step. The first stage of revelation was Moshe Rabbeinu, Raya Mehemna, and in truth, as the Rebbe points out, based on the Arizal, really all of the five tzaddikim are just fuller expressions of Moshe Rabbeinu, up to and including Mashiach Tzedkenu, which is the secret of Nishmas Moshe, as the tzaddikim tell us, Ma... Uh, and the association between Moshe and Mashiach is very clear. So in spite of the fact that they're really all Moshe, there are five gradations of Moshe. There's Moshe Rabbeinu, there's Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, there is Rabbeinu Yitzchak Luria, the Arizal, there's Rabbeinu Yisrael Baal Shem Tov, and there's Rabbeinu Nachman Ben Fega, Rabbi Nachman of Breslov. Again, without making any claim as to the role that other tzaddikim play in any of these constellations, but the example that we've given is that if these tzaddikim represent universes or solar systems, every other tzaddik represents planets and systems within the solar system. Both are fundamental and both need to feed in and through each other. But these five tzaddikim, the unfolding process of Torah, is as follows. Moshe Rabbeinu reveals the revealed Torah. He reveals... Tyrus Moshe, Bereshish, Shemos, Vayikra, Vamidbar, Devar. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai comes along to reveal the Nister within the Nigla. The Sefer HaZohar of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai is rooted in utilizing the Pesukim of Tyrus Moshe to uncover the secrets that live at the heart of each and every Pasuk, as someone who has studied the, the Zayar HaKadosh sees immediately. The Arizal comes along and he reveals the revealed language of hidden Torah. So again, Moshe Rabbeinu reveals the revealed Torah. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai reveals the hidden meaning of revealed Torah. The Arizal reveals the hidden language of concealed Torah. The language of the Arizal, the system of the Arizal, is, is mamish, a system. It's a language. It's a mathematical reality. It's, a, it's an ontological reality that needs to be understood. The writings of the Arizal contain the neshama within it, but ultimately when it's just being learned for the sake of studying a system, it can appear to simply be devoid of that inner content, God forbid, and therefore it be considered the simple meaning of the concealed Torah. And the Baal Shem Tov is the secrets of the secrets of the Torah, meaning, again, Moshe Rabbeinu reveals revealed Torah. Rashbi reveals the concealed within the revealed Torah. Arizal reveals the revealed aspect of the concealed Torah. Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh and Rabbi Nachman come along to reveal the concealed aspect of the concealed Torah. These five stages of the unfolding of Panimiya Torah throughout the generations and all of their significant meanings that expand into infinite horizons these five stages, like anything else, can be aligned with every other equation of five in the system of Kabbalah. The Shem Havaya is four letters plus the tip of the Yud, which makes it five. The Neshama has Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, Chaya, and Yechida, five levels to it. There are five worlds. There's Adam Kadmon, Atzilas, Briya, Yitzira, Nasiya. 
five is always the process. And even though you can look at it as if it's four, in truth, every level of four includes within it a five, which is bigger than the whole thing. As the Bnei Sastar tells, he brings an amazing, amazing Maisa in his Sefer Igor de Pirka, that there was a tzaddik who came to his Rebbe to be by him. And one of the missions that the Rebbe sent him on was to go buy a certain type of honey beer for the Chevra who were sitting together. And this person, this Chassid says, I don't have any money. And the Gabbai gave him four, four, four coins. And he goes and he tries to buy this, this honey, this honey beer. And the owner of the stand says, I'm sorry, this costs five coins. And he says, all I have is four coins. And the person says, well, unfortunately, you can't get it. And he comes back to his Rebbe and he says, the Rebbe says, where's the honey beer? And he says, well, I needed five coins and I only had it four coins. And what the Rebbe responded is that a Yid has to always know the secret of transforming four into five. A Yid always has to understand the secret of transforming four into five. And Zakhda B'nai Saskar, that this is a secret of looking at the Shem Havaya, Yud K Vav K, or Rebbe Shimon Bar Yochai, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, the Arizal Mabal Shem Tov, which appears to be four, and uncovering the secret of the fifth within it, uncovering the highest level within it. So these five levels of Torah, of Moshe, Rashbi, Arizal, Bal Shem Tov, and Rabbi Nachman correspond to the five levels of the soul, to the five worlds, and they also correspond to the five parts of him. The five parts Sufim, which are already things that are revealed by the Arizal, as we're going to see, are as follows. Corresponding with the level of Keser is something referred to as the parts of Arich Anpin or Atik Yoimin, something that we don't need to delve into fully right now, something we've touched upon and will Be'ezer Sashem touch upon at length in the future. After the parts of Keser, which is referred to as Arich Anpin, there's the parts of Chachma, which corresponds to the Yud of the Shem Havaya, which is referred to as Abba. It's a masculine expression of thought that emerges suddenly but doesn't last very long. It is a burst of inspiration where the thought is seen in its whole totality, like the level of Abba, that's Chachma, and that's associated with the Osiyud. The Oshei represents Bina, which represents the parts of Ima. Just as Abba gives over potential towards Ima in order to open it up, in order to expand it, so too Chachma in its relationship with Bina is a burst of inspiration, which then undergoes a period of gestation in which something can form. The Nikuda, the vowelization associated with the world of Bina is Tsere, because Tsere is the language of Tsior, it's the formation of things. The Nikuda associated with Chachma is, is Patach. It's patach, something opens up, and then it's tseire, that opening needs to now, now be dealt with and developed. And so bina, we already know, is still associated with the loftiest of heights, but it's also the birthplace of severity. It's also the birthplace of intensity. It's what's referred to as dinin misabrin mine, that gvuros and minimization and concealment begin to emerge within the womb of Bina, in spite of the fact that it's still purified in its own self. That's why the name associated with Bina is the Shem Havaya. It's the four-letter name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which represents unbridled compassion and mercy. And at the same point, the Nikudos, which imply the way that it is read, and reading is an act of expressing something from its internal, unactualized state into an expressed and externalized state, the Nikudos of the Shem Havaya, of the world of Bina, are the Nikudos of Eloikim, meaning to say that in truth its essence is Rachamim, but it begins to be the birthplace of the potentiation towards separation and towards opposition and all of the different 
and things that allow reality to take shape. So what we have so far is that in accordance with this breakdown, Moshe Rabbeinu corresponds to the Kutzel Shel Yud, the simplest uppermost point of the Yud, correspondent to the level of Keser, or the parts of Arachanpin. The Rashbi, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, is associated with the Yud, with Chachma, which is which is the revelation of the Zayar Kadosh. Chachma is the birthplace of possibility. And then we find that the Arizal is associated with the first hey of the Shem Havaya, which is the level of Bina. And like we said, Bina is associated with this transitionary space between pure unity into what appears to be disunity for the ultimate joke of reality, as we're going to see. And then just for the sake of completing the Shem Havaya in our... In our kind of alignment here based on based on the teachings of the tzaddikim the fourth level is going to be the os vav of the shem havaya that corresponds to the parts of, of zer anpin which is the adam themselves which is emotional experience that is the teachings of the balshemtov akadosh as we know the balshemtov secret was me besari from my own experience i will behold hakadosh baruchu and therefore the balshemtov's torah corresponds to the vav it's associated with yaakov and yosef it's associated with the vav hachibor of the secret of dveikus and therefore, the Torah of the Baal Shem Tov is going to correspond to the parts of Zer Anpin. And the Torah of Rabbi Nachman, which is about Tfila, which is about transforming Torah into Tfila, which is about his boidudus of learning to speak, how to use the mouth with one's own language, and understanding the deepest sense of what it means to live within Malchus. That's the Torah of Rabbi Nachman. So what we have is the five historic Sadiqim through whom the Torah is revealed as follows. The upper point of the Yud, which is Keser, is Moshe Rabbeinu. The Yud itself, which is Chachma, is Rabbi Shimon Bayochai, the Hay, which is Bina, is the Arizal, the Vav, which is Zer Anpin, is the Balshemtov Akadosh, and the Hay, which is Malchus, which is the lowest level, is Rabbi Nachman. For our purpose, what we uncover here is that the Giloy of the Arizal is associated with the world of Bina. That the expression of the Torah of the Ari is the expression of Bina of Pinimiya Satorah. Now, what is Bina? We know that Bina has certain halachos and everything we've spoken about, everything that, that we tend to speak about is rooted in the place of Bina. Bina is the birthplace of the possibility of concealment. It is the birthplace of changes. It is the possibility of a hiddenness that blocks a revelation. It is the descent into anger. It is the descent into whatever emotional discrepancies we may find ourselves in. It is the place of tahara, which implies the possibility of tumah. It is the place of tshuva, which implies the possibility of falling away. It is, as Chazal described expressly and explicitly, bina miklal de if a person says that they have understood something, if a person says that they have an understanding of something, the implication is that prior to their understanding, they had struggled with it and they had fallen. Because the expression of Bina, of Mevin Davar Mitoch Davar, what does Mevin Davar Mitoch Davar mean, as Chazal themselves described the role of Bina? If a Davar is unified, if something is whole, like at the level of Chachma, then there's no distinction within a thing. The thing is what it is, and there's no distinction. It's a unified object. It's only from the perspective of Bina, which is the root of the Shnei Hafachim, of Elu Ve'elu, Divrei Eloikim Chayim, which the Arizal Taiches is the Torah of Bina, where it's these and those because there's Tame and Tahor. There's 49 gates of Bina, which are Tame, and 49 gates of Bina, which are Tahor. Bina is always the splitting open into possibility, and therefore Bina is the secret of Mevin Davar Mitoch Davar. I'm dealing with a Davar. 
I'm dealing with something, and suddenly there appears to be something new that appears from without that thing, at first glance shattering my assumption of a previously held unity, but at second glance, which we need for Yitzhak Avinu, we always have to look twice, like we said, like the Saudi Sharm says, that it has to be a level of Re'eira Inu, that in order to see the blessings associated with Yitzhak, you have to do a double take, that we're looking at a Dover, and suddenly it's Mevin Dover Mitoch Dover, there's a splitting, there's a doubling, and now there's two things. But this multiplicity and this addition and this hosafa is also the birthplace of, of complication, of concealment. So Bina always operates this very kind of liminal experience, which is why Ram Duvali's the Tamil Mufak of the Ramchal, says that Bina is a language of bane. It's a language of in-between. It's in between things. It's already engaged in kind of fissures and cracks and, and breaks and the ability to return back from a place that I came from. So if the Arizal's Torah is associated with the level of Bina, the birthplace of Gvuros, the birthplace of severity, yet severity has yet to take on negativity, but rather it becomes the, the movement and the motivating factor behind multiplicity and growth and intensification, as the Rebbe Rashab writes that the source of Gvura is in truth his Gabras Ha'atzmias, an intensification of self. So then the entire Torah of the Arizal has to be associated with the concept of Bina. And in fact, we find this. We find this not only in the writings of the Arizal, in the way that the writings were formed, in the content of those writings, but also in the Arizal himself. Because let's first and foremost look at what we know about the tzaddik, the giloi, Rav Yitzchak Luria, Ha'ari Ha'chai, the living, the living Arizal, the Ari, the Ari, the Ari, who, who revealed Olamois Chadashim for us, who through a, a Ruach HaKodesh that was Karuv to Nevoah, and in certain circumstances is judged as Nevoah, that the light that the Arizal brought into the world was a light that did not exist in a revealed way prior to the Arizal. And as Rabbi Nachman says, before the revelation of a tzaddik, it's possible to get by without them. After the revelation of a tzaddik, it's impossible to survive without them. The Arizal has given life to Klai Yisrael. The life of Klai Yisrael, our willingness to tolerate difficulty, is rooted in our grasp of what the Arizal revealed to us, whether consciously or unconsciously. And so let's look at the Ari himself. The Arizal was born in Yushalayim Yerach then, in order, to, in order to develop into who he needed to develop into, the Arizal was sent to Mitzrayim to be by his uncle. So the Ari was Yoyred to Mitzrayim. And as the Ari himself says to Rav Chaim Vital that he's associated with the sphere of Yesod, which is connected to Yosef, that the whole process of the Arizal's descent into Mitzrayim is, is very much reflective of Yosef Atzadik's descent into Mitzrayim in order to clarify the darkness, in order to reveal the lights that are hidden in darkness. And so the Arizal starts off in Yerushalayim, he goes to Mitzrayim where he sits on the banks of the Nile River being misboided yoimim v'layla, being mishamesh by who? Being a Talmud of Rav Betzalel Ashkenazi. Rav Betzalel Ashkenazi was the Shita Mekubetzas. Legend has it that the Arizal himself wrote the non-existent Shita Mekubetzas on Meseches Kulim how to gather all of the sparks, the Shita Mekubetzes, within Chulin itself, within Gashmis. And it's not coincidental. One of the Iker 
revelations of that Rizal, as we've spoken about in the past, is something referred to as the Soid HaPartsif, the secret of the Gestalt, the whole that is larger than the sum total of its parts. Moving away from the disintegrated space of Tohu that is associated with the Kabbalah of Rav Moshe Kordavaro, the Ramak who existed in Svas prior to the Arizal, and as we've spoken about from Sadiqim, from the Ramami Panel, that there's almost an Isra shotness in the beginning to learn the Kabbalah of the Ramak and the Ari together, because the Ramak was talking in a place of Tohu, and the Ari was talking in a place of Tikkun. And so the, 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 the Ramak didn't have the secret of the parts of. The Ramak spoke in the kudos. The Ramak saw different shitos, different ideas, and even though the Ramak really did have that deep understanding, at first glance he didn't. Meaning you have to learn the Arizal in order to go back and learn the Ramak. But the Ramak was the, the series of individualized points, comes along the Arizal and says all of these points gather together to create a gestalt that is greater than the sum total of themselves, which is the secret of the parts of, which is how everything has 10 spheros within itself. There's not only 10 disintegrated spheros, but rather each and everything has its own subset of 10 spheros, yet it manifests in something greater than the sum total of those 10 spheros, the secret of the parts of, the secret of interunified experience, the secret of everything working together. And that's exactly what Rav B'tzal Ashkenazi, the Shittu Mekubetzes, was doing. Rav B'tzal Ashkenazi, the Shittu Mekubetzes, was being makabets, gathering different shitos of the Rishonim that were not necessarily printed or revealed, and gathering them into one miyuchad dekashita. And so it's possible to say, B'derech Drush, that the Arizal also learned the avoid of what he had to reveal by being Meshamish of B'tzal Ashkenazi, whose avoid was the Shitu Mikubetzes, to be Makabetz the Shitos, the, the, the work of Yesoid, like the work of a Likut, that's Malakit, all of the Oiris together, in order so that they can be revealed properly. After the, the Shitu Mikubetzes passed away, the Arizal became the Talmud of the Radvaz, who was the, the Rav of the town of Mitzrayim. Until the Ariza was zoichet to what he was zoichet to, the Ariza was zoichet to what he was zoichet to. How was he zoichet to what he was zoichet to? He was zoichet to what he was zoichet to by the deep investiture that he experienced on every level of his experience. Nefesh ruach neshama chayichida in the Sefer Zayar Kadosh. In the Sefer Zayar Kadosh, the Ariza studied and studied and studied until Eliyahu Navi came to be Megala Sisrei Torah to him that a person cannot grasp if they were to live millennia. And after Mitzrayim, the Arizal comes to Sasir Kaidish. Now, so what we have in the life of the Arizal is Yerushalayim, Mitzrayim, and Svas. Now, what's the Indian of Svas? The Indian of Svas, and we're going to do this Bekitzer because there's two other Dargan we have to get to in the Shir, is that the Indian of Svas is Safon. It's hidden, it's concealed, it's Safun. As the Pasuk says, made Safon Tiftachara, that the negativity emerges from that which appears to be concealed in its northernness. And the Zayar Kaddish in Parsha Shlach says, Ma'rav It's specifically in that place of Mitzafon Tiftachara, in those places that the deepest light is going to be revealed, the secret of Ma'rav Tufcha Asher Tzafant In the town of Svas, the, the Chesel Avram has a Cheshbon where he says that the, the Misbar Katan of Svas is 21, which corresponds to the Shem Eke, Aleph K, Yud K, which is associated with Bina, which is associated with Yitzchak and everything we're talking about. Now Rizal comes to Svas to be Megala, that which is Safun, to reveal that which was hidden through the Tzipia, through the yearning desire to be Tzoype, to, to look towards something. 
And so what we have is a three-stage process, which we're familiar with by now through the teachings of Rav Yitzhak Meyer Morgenstern Shlita. In the beginning, there was infinite light. There was no distinction, no distortion. Then there was a descent into concealment. There was a tzimtzum. There was the creation of minimization. There was a creation of concealment. What's the purpose of that descent into concealment? So that we can go into the concealment and reveal that it's also part of the Rabbi Shalom. And it's the Tosef Kishot. That first it was Ayin. It was absolute nothingness, the presence of Or Sof. Then it was Ani. It was the Tzimtzum. It was concealment and gradations. And then it was Ani Va'ayin Bevasachas, the inclusion of what appeared to be separate within the unity. And in truth, it is the very thing that drives the unity. And so this three-stage process of the descent away from purified unity into what appears to be disunity for the sake of revealing a more complex form of unity that contains the apparent disunity within itself is reflective in the life of the Arizal himself. He starts off in Yerushalayim Yerakodesh. Yerushalayim Yerakodesh can be seen as the Bechina of Orein Sof, the place of Kodesh HaKadoshim, Enam and Amida. In that place of purified vision, in that place where everything was redeemed and everything was good. But it wasn't enough for the Arizal to stay in Yerushalayim. He had to descend into Mitzrayim. He had to go into the, the Memtesh Shari Toma. To be Megala, the secrets of, of existence, where? In Mitzrayim itself, on the banks of the Nile River. To uncover the secrets hidden in, in, in the place that is most concealing of those secrets. Like the secret of Tzimtzum, that the, the deepest revelation is the concealment. And then the Arizal goes from Mitzrayim back to Svas. A return back to Eretz Yisrael, but now revealing that not only is Eretz Yisrael the place of Yerushalayim where everything is revealed, but it's also in the place of Sas where everything is concealed. And so the life of the Arizal reflects the very system that he's coming to express. The infinite light prior to constriction, constriction and the expression of all expressible, possible, limited levels. And then the return from those limited levels back up to a place of unity that does not shirk away in fear from the concept of levels, but includes levels within its impossible unity. And we see this in the writings of the Arizal himself. Now, not getting into what would take years to discuss, which is the, the history of the publication of the Arizal's writings, and which different writings came from which Tamidim, and which Tamidim we were said to be able to learn, what we have is Rav Chaim Vital. We have Rav Chaim Vital, we have Rav Chaim Vital, and, and the other tzaddikim and tamidim were makushur to Rahu. But ultimately, we have Rav Chaim Vital. Every tzaddik has their, their shamish, every tzaddik has their talmud, and the talmud of that Rizal was Rav Chaim Vital, as well as Mahari Sarub. And the formation, but if we look at it, if we look at the formation of the writings of that Rizal, you see this as well. Let's look at the Eitz Chaim Kadisha, for example. Eitz Chaim, which Rav Chaim Vital writes in what seems to be a hespid for his Rebbe, the Arizal, as I heard from Rav Moshe Shlita at the age of 30, bemoaning the fact that Mashiach has not yet arrived, and it's because people have not decided to look at the world with the lens of Primia Torah. People have not understood what his Rebbe, Rav Yitzchak Luria, was trying to reveal. That's the hespid, that's the hakdama of Eitz Chaim. And the Eitz Chaim is 50 Sha'arim. There's 50 Sha'arim in the Eitz Chaim. Correspondent of what? The Nun Shari Bina. Because in truth, the Kabbalah of the Arizal is teaching us how to live in a world of Bina. How to live in a world where apparent concealment is present, but it's only there to reveal the deepest pleasure that can come from concealment itself. Not only that, but the writings of the Arizal B'dara Klal are referred to as Shmoina Sha'arim. 
as the eight gates, the eight separate svarim. Eight is also the darga of bina. Bnei bina yemei shmoina, as we're going to see with Hanukkah, which is the zman of Hiskalis penimis which is the light that can only come from the darkness. The oragonus that is revealed specifically from within Mitzrayim. So we have the shmoina sha'arim, which is from Malchus upwards, the eighth sphere is going to be bina. We have the nun sharim of Eitzchayim, which represents the nun shari bina. And, and here's, here's the, the deepest part of it, is that when a person looks at Eitzchayim Kadisha, when a person looks at the book of Eitzchayim, ultimately, the book of Eitzchayim is, is, is in truth the, the joke of the Arizal. The Arizal, like his name Yitzchak, he was coming to reveal laughter in the world. The Az Pinu, Az is the gematria of eight. The eight times Havaya, eight times 26, which is the gematria of 208, the gematria of Yitzchak Avinu, who's Mushrish in the world of Bina, as we've said already. Because Dinim come from Bina. Yitzchak is Bina. Panimiya Satara is Bina. And the entire Eitzchayim Kadisha is as follows. In, in the first Shar, not the entire Eitzchayim Kadisha. The, the, the particular point I'm trying to point out from the Eitzchayim Kadisha in this context is as follows. The first char starts with the purpose behind HaKadosh Baruch Hu's drive towards creation. The presence of the infinite light of the Rabbi Nishleilim. Or Ein Sof, prior to the Tzimtzum. Everything is saturated with Or Ein Sof. The fact that we're able to have that written tells us of what a level we're still dealing with. Because if it's written, it's still not the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but we're talking about a real darga, a gilu of or ensof. And as you descend through the Sha'aram of Eitzchayim, as you go from Shar Aleph to Shar Beis to Shar Gimel, Dalet, V'chulei V'chulei, the further down you go, you find yourself getting into murkier and murkier territory of Tzimtzum and the development of Kalim, and a concealment, measure, limitations, rules, regulations, numbers, boundaries, shvira, catastrophe, klipa, husk, things that appear to be inessential. The process of how to rectify the self from a lower state of self to a, a gradational growth. The secret of mayim nukvin, of chuka and yearning that comes from below to above. And then until you come to Sharnun, and what the Arizal is talking about there is the klipos and the concealment and the darkness that we find in this world. The Arizal goes into different countries of origin and the association with the Midos Ra'os that, that those particular countries have. And so what Eitzchayim Kadisha is, it starts off with Or Sof, and it brings you down into the deepest husks of concealment. And this is what I mean when I say that Eitzchayim is the joke of the Arizal. Because the joke of reality that the Arizal is being Megala to us is the joke of Yitzchak. That we descend away from infinite presence of godliness in a revealed way into a world of constriction, into a world of concealment, into a world of tzimtzumim. And a person might think, God forbid, because that's everything that Matthias is telling them, is that the infinite light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not found here in the bottom. It's not found in the Nun Sharitum. It's not found in that place of Gimel Klipos Atamein. It's not found in Shar Nun of Eitzchayim, where the Ari is now no longer talking about infinite light, not talking about Ak and all of the different lights, but he's talking about, he's talking about the lowest of the low. And that's the setup of the joke. The joke is, ah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is present. And then suddenly we're told right away that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not present. 
And the entire tachlis of the Yitzchayim Kaddish is to be Megala, that Pe'emes HaKadosh Baruch is present there as well. And just as he's present at the top, he's present at the bottom. And just as he's present at the bottom, he's present at the top. The Arizal is telling the joke of reality. HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends us down here and he says, I have a joke to tell you. Uh, there was once an infinite God who sent his people into a place of finitude and concealment. And what's the punchline of the joke? The punchline of the joke is that they came to realize that even there he's found. That's the secret of Yitzchak Avinu. Yitzchak's coming to be Megala to us, the secret that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is found even in the lowest place and any concealment that we thought was real is in truth just a kli to be Megala, a deeper level of unity. That's the Torah of Yitzchak. That's Rav Yitzchak Luria. The light of Yitzchak. The Giloy of Yitzchak moving from Yushalayim to Mitzrayim and then to be Zoychat Going from the Shar Ha'alif of Orient Sof into the Shar Hanun, which is the place of the Gimel Klipos, and then returning back to the Orient Sof again. Because the Balasulim HaKadosh says that the Iker Giloy of the Arizal, and the Balatanias Maram is this as well, as Rav Yitzchak Maya Morgenstern Shlita has pointed out in various places, especially in the Yat Kislev Droshos, that there's two types of light in the world. There's Or Yashar, there's a light that descends from above to below, a clarified light without any concealment, movement from general principles down into particulars where I can hold the unity in hand while I descend into disunity. There's the full expression of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, which is not such a Chiddush to find Hashem there. And then there's the Or Choyzer, the reverberating light. What happens when that light that descends from above to below hits the very bottom? It's the chayshe chakafulu mechupul. It's the limit point. Because what happens then is that in, in accordance with the intensity and speed through which that light descended above, it reverberates back up like a light off of a mirror and it shines back upwards even farther. And the whole secret of the Kabbalah, the whole secret of the Arizal, the whole gilui of the Arizal in accordance with the tzaddikim of Ashlag and the tzaddikim of of the Balasulam and his Talmidim, and this is clear in the Mitra Rebbe as well, is that the Arizal came to be Megala or Choser. The Arizal came to be Megala, what happens when the light hits the bottom and returns back upwards? And there's not a single shar in Eitzchayim, says the Balasulam, that can't be read and, and needs to be read with the klalim of Or Choyzer, which is the intensification of light after it descends from above to below, and it reverberates back up from below to above, which is the joke of it all. Ah, you thought it was lost. Not only is it not lost, but it's going back to a place even higher than before. And so we can say, and this is B'derech Remez, that Yitzchak, the name Yitzchak, which is the name of Yitzchak, the Sherish of Svok, it's also the name of the Arizal, we said it's Chatzikuf. It's the secret of breaking problems in half, or breaking things in half. What Yaakov Avinu learns in this week's Parsha from his father Yitzchak, just as Yitzchak broke things in half, so too when Yaakov is about to encounter Esav, he learns to break things in half. He separates the camp because that's how your mom tiktin him. You chew the maror, you grind down the katoiras until it's dak minadak. Like the Gemara in Pei Tessam and Aleph and Shabbos tells us that the way Yitzchak is Megala Geula brings Mashiach is by having, having responsibilities, having. And what's this chatzi kuf? What's this splitting of the kuf? The half of a hundred is fifty, meaning to say the Arizal in the Shorish of Yitzchak is Megala to us, the secret of Chatzikuf, that you can learn Eitzchayim from the beginning to the end, from Or Ein Sof down into Klipa, from Revelation down into Concealment, and you can think, okay, I have finished, I find myself in Klipa now. But the MS is that a person then has to go back from the bottom of Eitzchayim, from Sharnun back up to Shar Aleph. 
to be Megala the two sides of the 50, the two, the Chatzikot, 50 and 50, learning Eitz Chaim from the top to the bottom and learning the secrets of Eitz Chaim from the bottom to the top to reveal that yes, all revelation descends into concealment, but in truth, all concealment is simply the incubator for a further level of revelation. This is the secret of Yitzchak. This is the secret of V'tishak Leomacharon. Of being mushrash in that place of that that nikuda of yesod, because the entire the entire concept, the entire edifice of Panimia Satora is dependent upon an act of concealment. Like we've said so often, if the surface is good, then there's no need to descend into the depths. Oimek, depth, is the same gematria as gavura, because a person needs eyes of gavura to see that I need the medicine of Panimia Satora. Just like Rashbi came out of the Ma'ara and said, what needs fixing here? So too the Arizal came to Svas and he said, what needs to be fixed here? That the entire expression of Pnimiya Satora is dependent with the breakage that precedes it. Which is why this Chachma was revealed in such a time. It's not because it was more deserving, it was because it was more desperate. As the Zidichavar Tzadikim would say, that every three-year-old should be learning Zayar and the Arizal. Ah, how can they learn if they're not Tahor? How can you be Tahor and, and Kadosh without learning this? It's medicine. Bashantov took the gem of the Arizal and ground it up for the people. But we can't forget the Arizal because of the Bashantov. We have to take the Arizal and drag him through the Bashantov. Which is what Ravitzak Meyer Morgenstern has revealed so powerfully, which is that the Hemshech from the Arizal into the Balshemtov is through the Rashash. The Ben Ishchai has an incredible, incredible secret. And he writes this in the Hakdamatis Sefer um, Das Tvuna, a fundamental introductory Sefer to Kabbalah. And in the second Hakdama there, the Ben Ishchai, in line with the Vilna Gon, Spusyaganalenu, and Safadit Nusa says that everything is hinted to the Torah. And where is, he, where is the Arizal hinted to in the Torah? And he says that the Arizal is hinted to in the Torah by Yitzchak digging the wells. The first well gets covered over. The second well gets covered over. The third well, which is Rechoivois, that finally remains open. The Ben Ishchai is hinting to the fact that the full culmination of the Arizal was through the Rashash, Rav Shalom Sharabi, who is the Makkah of the Arizal, along with the Balasulam and the Lashem Shmavachalema. But that place of Rechovos is, is referring to the Hatam of Rechovos Anar. But be that as it may, the Sherish of, of the Arizal in the Torah is the digging of the wells and the tolerating the difficulty and the passive resistance in the face of difficulty. And that's what we encounter in the system of the Arizal, Tzimtzum and Giloy, He'elem and Giloy, Shvira and Binyan. The entire system of the Arizal, which is built on Shvira and Tikkun, don't think that Shvira and Tikkun are two separate things. The process of rectification is the process of minimization. The concealment is the Tikkun. The levushim, the tikkunim, all of those things are simply ways in which we create vessels in which we can receive an unbearable light of infinitude in a measured way so that we can then reveal the joke at the heart of that expression, which is that what we thought was measured is not really measured. The Rebbe says, Ravichamaya Morgenstern Shlita, in an incredible mimer in the second volume on the Bior of Rakhova Sanar that they printed, he explains, and, and, the, and this is on, on Daf. 991 in the second volume of the Biur on Rechav Asanar, but just the, this expression in Perak Bey's that the Iker Chiddush of the Arizal over the Ramak was that the Arizal came to be Megala, the value of this worldly experience and the descent away from the heights over and above the experience of being in the heights. 
Because being above is one thing, but without descending below in order to reveal that below is also included within above, then a person hasn't revealed the joke of it all. Then a person hasn't revealed the schleik at the heart of it. And again, all of Hasidus is based upon the Torah of the Arizal. There's a famous Misa that there was a child who was sick and they brought the Baal Shem Tov in to try and give the child a bracha and the Baal Shem Tov pointed to the child and he says, who am I? And the child said, I know who you are, you're the Arizal. And the Baal Shem Tov laughed and he walked out and he said, he'll be fine. Because Be'emes, we need to return to the Arizal. We need to draw the Prate Pratim of the Arizal down into the Klalus of the Baal Shem Tov so that we can keep telling the joke over and over because the joke of the Ari is that what appears to be concealed is in truth a site of revelation. The tzimtzum is a giloy. Like the locust, it's a It comes from within itself. The concealment comes from within itself. This could only be learned in Mitzrayim. There's a lot to say. There's a lot more to say. But to end with, to end, there, there's a teaching from the Balasulam discussing why the yard site of the Arizal is on Hei Ba'av. Again, Hey Ba'av, the Hey in the Aleph base, which is the Os of Bina, which is what the Arizal's Giloi corresponds to. And Hey Ba'av, which is the, the Rifua Koydem Hamaka of the, of the Shvira, of the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, to the extent that the, Baal, the Balasulam says that by the Arizal, and Lubav Trebbe says this as well, by the Tzadikim, the Beis HaMikdash was still built. You went in to learn by the Arizal, you were experiencing Beis HaMikdash. The tikkunim, the schoik of the Arizal, walking around, revealing rectifications for different things, seeing the faces of people, understanding the pain of another human being, understanding why their heartbeat is high. The willingness to be metayel within the, the, the am, within the klal. A tzaddik like the Arizal to be yoyred intimate time, to pick people like to pick people up like Yosef a tzaddik who goes down in order to bring the brothers back up afterwards as well. And the Balasulam writes as follows. The Balasulam writes with regards to the Yartzit of the Arizal, and after describing that the Arizal is completely rooted in the secret of, in the secret of Orchoyzer, says as follows, Kosuv Yoishev B'Shamayim Yitzchak, he who sits in heaven and laughs with a sin. And we know the Arizal says that Tzadi of Yitzchak will be Nishapech to a, a sin, which is the Shreik of Yitzchak, Lasilavo. And what does this mean? Yoishiv b'shemayim yisrak. How is this associated with the Arizal? Kasher adam oile b'darga. When a person ascends a level, hanivchan liyoishiv b'shemayim. And I think I have reached the apex. I consider myself as having ascended to shemayim, thinking that I'm finished with the work. Az yisrak. At that point, the person has to learn how to laugh. Why? Hainu shehu soichik al atzmoi be'ezet tzura hayanimsa b'terem hayalizman aliyah. Because now he's looking at himself and realizing that in relationship to who I was, this is insane. I never thought I could be here. And on the same level in relationship to who I can be is also I can laugh at it. The laughter of the Arizal's Torah is that it reveals to us over and over how I could possibly perceive the previous moment to be concealment. It starts with concealment, then I find revelation, and then I look back on that previous concealment, and I say, how could it have been that I thought it was concealment? It was a joke all along. Rav Yitzchak Isaac Mehamel, Slusig and Alina writes that the three gradations of the revelation of, of Pneumia Satoira, Sisrei Toira, throughout history, were the Ramak, the Arizal, and the Baal Shem Tov, meaning the Ramak includes everything that came before the Ramak. The Arizal is between the Ramak up to and including the Baal Shem Tov, and the Baal Shem Tov is what follows. So it's Ramak, Ari, and Baal Shem Tov. And Rav Yitzhak Isaac Mehomel, the Taman Mufak of the Alter Rebbe, 
one of the Tamid Mufakim says as follows, the Kabbalah of the Ramak is Hishtalshlus. It's the unfolding of worlds. The Kabbalah of the Arizal is Halbasha, engarments, concealing valves that reveal, garments of, of light, identifying the fact that the Kalim, the vessels themselves are or the difficulty itself is growth. And then there's the Kabbalah of the Baal Shem Tov Akadosh, which Be'ezer Sashem will get into when we discuss Yitzchak and the lens of the Baal Shem Tov, which is the secret of Hashra'a, of presence. And so again, we see that the Arizal is teaching us the secrets of Halbasha, how concealment is revelation, and teaching us Mamish how to laugh, Be'ezer Sashem. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Zusha. The audio engineer is David Kwan. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.